If you were to make a new mixtape today, what would be on it? What songs speak to you right now? Would you go back to the olden days and grab some of the songs from your misspent youth, which is really hard to say, or would you find something a little bit more modern. John Cusack had a bit about this in the movie High Fidelity, based on the book of the same name, written by Nick Hornby. You should check it out. You have to time things out just right. You want to lead the listener from one song to another to really make sure that they're grasping your intent. Giving a mixtape lets a person know that you see them, you hear them, and you are thinking thoughtfully about them. It demonstrates gifting them with your most precious commodity, time. I'm curious, what do today's teenagers do? If you have teenagers, because I don't quite yet, they're on the way, but they're not quite here yet, send me a message. Let me know how teens are sending one another messages that aren't direct messages. And by direct messages, I mean sending oblique messages, sending coded messages. Because if I give you a mixtape, that is a coded message. I'm coming at you from the side. For simplicity's sake, when a boy wants to tell a girl he likes her, what does he do these days? Because I, I honestly don't know. But what are the steps that he takes? I, I don't know if it's the same as we used to do or not, but I will tell you this. The feelings are the same. This makes me so fucking angry with adults who work with teens or, or even those who don't work with teens for that matter. What makes me so angry is adults who have completely and utterly forgotten what it is to be 16 or to be 18 or to be 13. It frustrates the shit out of me now as an adult. I understand frustration with kids, with teenagers, with adolescents. Yes, when your kid comes home and they're all bent out of shape because somebody said something unkind to them, or they got a B instead of an A, or maybe they got an F instead of a D, depending on, you know, what your standard at your house is right now. But they're all upset about whatever, and you're over here thinking, this is so not a big deal, right? Maybe they got second place in the speech tournament, which was a total jip, by the way. Spishock. <laughs> Maybe they got second place in the speech tournament or the team didn't make the playoffs or, you know, whatever. Some grand trauma has happened. And you, a tax-paying, mortgage-holding adult or whatever it is you happen to be, you're over here going, for fuck's sake, this is not a big deal. Please contain yourself, young person. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I absolutely feel the same way when one of my kids flip out, and they're not even teenagers yet, and I'm over here going, dude, this is not the biggest worry that you're ever going to have in your life, trust me. But we have to do better, grown-ups. We have to remember, we have to go back to those times when we felt the same way, because most of us did. Now, I know there were a handful of us um, who were born at like age 30, you know, they came out of the womb like, all right, how do I finish school? I just got to finish school and get out of here and get my job so that my life can start. You know, there were, <laughs> there were a couple of them at my high school. I remember very clearly who like from day one, they were just beyond high school. They were already done and were just ready to get on with the rest of their lives. But most of us actually did go through adolescence and we went through it hard, you know, in the most dramatic possible fashion. Some of it was legit. Don't get me wrong. I had friends who had no food. I had friends who were getting hit at home. I had friends who had real fucking life shit to deal with. But some of it and some of them, it was just drama. You know the difference, right? You know the difference.
But for right now, for today, it doesn't matter which of it we're dealing with when we're the adults. Our response is the same. We need to remember that number one, this is absolutely real to them. And number two, they haven't experienced everything we've experienced yet. That's why they're called children. They're kids. They haven't been here yet. I think sometimes we, as adults, place our metrics, our screens of life experience against theirs, and it doesn't match up because it can't. They are flipping out over, quote, this little tiny thing, like they got third place in the competition instead of second or first or whatever. We know it's not a big deal. Trust me, in the grand scheme of things, nobody gives a fuck that I was Best Mask and Gavel member 1992. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. But at the time, in 1992, if I hadn't gotten it, holy shit. That would have been trauma and drama and scarring on a level heretofore unknown, right? And by 1993, I'd kind of forgotten about it. You know what I mean? I would have gotten over it because there's a ton of shit that I've gotten over. I hope there's a ton of shit you've gotten over. But we need to remember that this is the first time teens are going through this. The first time they lose a big game. The first time that they lose the competition. The first time they get the awful grade or God help us all. The first time that girl or that boy says, no thanks, I'm not interested in you. We need to remember that and we need to treat them accordingly. Speaking to them with love and kindness. Now, I will admit, as an adult, as a teacher, an instructor, as a parent, I sometimes forget all that stuff because I have my own problems and I get stressed just like you do. And I get snappy and I say things that I later have to go back and apologize for. But for most of the time, my wife and I both try very hard to remember that for whatever it is they're upset about, in that moment, it is real. My son is 10 years old. He's in fourth grade. And recently he and some friends, <laughs> he and some friends got in trouble on the playground for playing red light, green light. Apparently it was a very physical game because I don't know, they're 10 year old boys might explain some of that. And the playground monitor says, no, stop. You're not allowed to do that anymore because you're playing squid game. <laughs> um, to which my wife and I, hearing about this, were like, what the fuck is Squid Game? Because we're, we're old and we go to bed at 8 o'clock. We don't know what the hell's going on in the world. So we had to look this thing up like, what the hell is Squid, squid Game? Uh, oh, oh, okay. And so as the adults, we can kind of see where perhaps this playground monitor was getting a little upset with the kids, okay? We get it. But it's not like they were playing Squid Game. This is not a life or death saga playing out on the fucking playground, right? In any event, my son came home from school literally, physically, demonstrably upset because he was quote-unquote yelled at at school. What we did not say was, son, life is going to get so much worse than this. Calm down. <laughs> you cannot say that to a 10-year-old or a 16-year-old or a 25-year-old in the moment. You can't say it in the moment. What you say instead is stuff like, oh my God, dude, that really sucks. What happened? Tell me about it. Wow, man, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm so sorry you're upset. Yeah, that really sucks. That really sucks. You can come back to it later. 
and you can have the discussion about how it's not a big deal and how to deal or work through a scenario like that in the future, but you don't open with that. You don't lead with that. This is particularly important the first time your kid comes home with a broken heart. Man, I am not looking forward to that day because it's coming. I know it's coming. You went through it. I went through it. Some of us went through it multiple times. But the first time or the first big one, right? In my experience, everybody has at least that one big first breakup that just fucking crushes you, right? The first time those kids come home with that broken heart, I mean, it's just all the angst and drama that you can possibly imagine. It's just, it's Dawson's Creek meets my so-called life. And it's just, it's just awful. And it's going to be so tempting to say, get over it. Or to just be like, hey, she's not worth it. Or, you know what, uh, you're too good for him. Or, you know, platitudes like that. But let's remember when that day comes, it's our first job to hug them, maybe get some ice cream or whatever, and say, I'm so sorry. I know, I know, and I'm here. In other words, you sort of make them a mixtape. I see you, I hear you, I'm thinking of you. Acknowledge that the pain is real. Acknowledge that it is true in this moment and that the hurt is fucking real. Remember what it was like that first time and give your kid or your students that same benefit of understanding. Don't worry, the day will come when you can talk about it and have a calm, reasonable discussion about the relationship or about whatever went, went wrong or what they can do differently next time, etc., etc. But right then, in that moment, man, just let them be young people. Remember, they are still children and let them be children. Your brain isn't even done developing until like around age 25, so let's show a little grace. Don't dismiss them. Please, I beg you, do not dismiss them. Just make them a mixtape. I'm thinking of you. This is for you. I'm here and I'm listening.